Page 19 of Stronger Every Day, Nine Tools for an Emotionally Healthy You. Introduction. Where the light enters. The intention. I commit to becoming stronger every day. Rumi writes, the wound is the place where the light enters you. One sunny May morning, I was lost in work when the doorbell rang. I scurried from my upstairs office to find a big brown box on the front porch. Thank you, I yelled to the UPS driver. Have a great day. With Mother's Day around the corner, I suspected it might be a gift from one of my three children. Having long ago identified gifts as my primary love language, I couldn't help but sit down and open it right there on the porch. As I ripped off the outer layer of sticky mailing tape and opened the box, I saw a package tucked under protective shipping peanuts. Gently, I lifted it out and placed it before me. Inside, I found a medium-sized mint green box with the words Kensakuri Lamps, Handmade with Love, printed on the top in bold black letters. As I brushed my fingers over the elegant imprint, I sensed something special was about to unfold. I held my breath and opened the box. Nestled inside was a simple little brown and tan bowl small enough to cup in my hands. As I turned the bowl round and round, I noticed large cracks filled with some form of lacquer or glue. A short note explained that this was no ordinary bowl. It was a Japanese kintsugi lamp. Sometimes the story we tell ourselves is not really true. Sometimes the story others tell about us is not really true. Here on today's Heart Lift with Janelle, we are going to learn how to rewrite our story. So pick up your favorite pen and journal, grab a cup of something delicious, and start your heartlifting journey towards living a meaningful life. Welcome to today's Heartlift with Janelle. I am so happy that you have found your way here. I'm Janelle, and I'm your host for today's amazing conversation. We are in a brand new season and a brand new series, Becoming Stronger Every Day. I'm taking that from the title of my new book, Stronger Every Day, Nine Tools for an Emotionally Healthy You. And as promised, I'm going to walk you through all nine chapters or tools, as I call it in the book, and introduce you to nine amazing emotional health tools that when you possess them and when you practice them and when you pull them out of your emotional health toolbox, you, my friend, are going to experience something called eudaimonia, which is the pursuit of a meaningful life. We have been living in the midst of a global pandemic. It has shaken us to our core and asked and invited us to look at our lives, 
to examine the inner interior landscape of our lives and slow down. So over the next few months, maybe all year, we are going to take our time and work our way through these nine tools and really get a grip on how powerful they are in our lives. I'd like to begin with a beautiful quote by Eckhart Tolle that I believe encapsulates the essence of what we're going to talk about today. We're going to begin at the beginning with the introduction, where the light enters. And he writes, some changes look negative on the outside, on the surface. But you will soon realize that space is being created in your life for something new to emerge. And I like to say the new is where the light enters. Author Annie F. Downs adds to that, fast isn't the kingdom. Fast isn't the kingdom of God. It's just not God's natural, normal way of doing things. He works slow and suddenly, slow and suddenly. And I add to Annie's remarkable words, he acts slow and steady. Slow and steady wins the race. And so as you heard in the beginning of our podcast today, I began reading from the introduction, the beautiful story of when I received this lovely little box that contained this lovely little lamp, and I discovered that it was a Kintsugi lamp. And so I'm going to read from one of my favorite new authors, actually, in his new book, Art and Faith, Makato Fujimara. And those who love him call him Mako. I do not know Mako, but I want to know Mako. So I'm going to call him Mako. And he writes Kintsugi theology. He is a brilliant artist, a brilliant man. And his words about Kintsugi, well, I couldn't write them any better. His book came after I had penned my words in the introduction, or they would have been in my introduction, but I'm going to add them today. He writes, Kintsugi, the ancient Japanese art form of repairing broken teaware by reassembling ceramic pieces, creates anew the valuable pottery, which now becomes even more beautiful and more valuable than the original unbroken vessel. Kintsugi is likely to have been refined out of the tea culture of the 16th century and the aesthetics of Sen no Riku, the most important tea master of Japanese history. Now, let me just put a disclaimer in here. I am language challenged, so I know that I know I will not be saying these names correctly. So, Mako, please forgive me in advance. The historical tale speaks of Yusai Hosokawa, one of the key tea masters of Riku's era. When he was to prepare tea for the warlord, Hideyoshi, Hideyoshi's young attendant dropped an invaluable piece of teaware, one of Hideyoshi's favorites, breaking it into five pieces. Hideyoshi raised his hand to punish the servant, 
but Hasekawa intervened, singing a poem that echoed a 9th century waka, W-A-K-A. The improvised version used a romance poem between two childhood friends courting each other as adults, but a turn of phrase transformed that romance into a sacrificial mercy toward the young servant. Hasekawa, by singing this poem, basically atoned for the young servant and took responsibility, saying, I will be the one to be blamed for his mistake. Artfully done, this clever turn of phrase spared the servant. Later, Hasekawa arranged for the five pieces of pottery to be reconnected using the Yurushi Japan lacquer technique with gold gilding and presented it to Hideyoshi. The warlord was moved by the beauty of Kintsugi teaware, and the story became renowned. This act of compassion became the basis of Kintsugi, which added gold in the Yurushi-filled cracks, creating a work of beauty through brokenness. So an underlying theme of the introduction of Stronger Every Day is most definitely beauty through brokenness, where the light enters. So he shares, he goes on and shares another anecdote, which is more similar to the one I share in my introduction. And it tells of an earlier story of Kintsugi. When Shogun Yashimasa Ashikawa, 1436 to the year 1490, sent broken fragments of teaware to China, the bowl was fixed, but it was fixed with metallic staples and returned. I don't know how that was done. Dismayed by the effort, the warlord instructed a potter to find a better way. And in my study and research, it was coined a better repair method to restore broken bowls using gold. In both of these anecdotes, what is important is that the aesthetic of Riku refined the Kintsugi technique and the aesthetic as part of Riku's effort to elevate the value of the teaware, many of it Korean, in a country that was intent on invading neighboring countries, including Korea. So just lean in here for a little historic context. Many of the tea masters, including Riku and Furutura Oribi, were forced to commit ritualistic suicide because of their opposition to the dictatorial powers of invading countries. So here is what, this is the piece I didn't know when I was writing Stronger Every Day, but now I know it and I share it with you and it impacts and adds so much value to this Kintsugi art better repair method. Kintsugi, as well as the art of the tea ceremony, was always part of the aesthetic of peacemaking. So here we have this integrated connection, because as you know, in our recent episode, I shared that heartlifters are peacemakers. We have to be about the business of peacemaking, not peacekeeping. So these brilliant men actually risked their lives by supporting something that was actually from an invading neighbor country. So it's very it's very powerful. Mako continues, the Japanese kin, K-I-N, stands for gold, 
And sugi, T-S-U-G-I, means to reconnect. But sugi also has significantly connotations of connecting to the next generation. Oh my gosh, this just joins and rejoins three very important aspects of my therapeutic work and study and my writing and my client work in that we are not only healing or, okay, first, let me back up because I'm getting excited. I feel like I have been able through standing on the shoulders of many great giants, been able to find a better repair method in my therapeutic practice by combining counseling, by joining counseling, by connecting counseling, life coaching, and spiritual direction, and bringing them into a synergistic relationship, I feel has opened up a way to have a better repair method so that my clients actually can empower and be empowered to be their own, in a sense, spiritual director, to receive that inner direction themselves and not have to spend years and years in therapy. My goal is to work myself completely out of a job because that would be success to me. So he goes on to say that it's also connecting to the next generation, which is a huge piece of what I love to do through memory reconsolidation, through the use of my aromatherapy. And you will read about that also in Stronger Every Day. It's one of our nine tools. And so we'll get into that in the future. But what that does is enables us to heal through the power of our sense of smell and clear our neural pathways and experience neuroplasticity. And that even heals generational trauma that's being passed down through the generations. Known fact, and we, I promise, will talk more about epigenetics in the future. But for today, just keep in the forefront of your mind this better repair method that Kintsugi offers us and invites us to enter into. He continues, a Kintsugi master mends the broken teaware with Japanese lacquer and then covers it with gold. Tea master designer Hanami Kotsi saw the broken shapes of valuable teaware as invoking landscapes and is known to have contemplated them before applying Kintsugi. Kintsugi does not just fix or repair a broken vessel. Rather, the technique makes the broken pottery even more beautiful than the original. Oh, can you hear between the lines here? As the Kintsugi master will take the broken work and create a restored piece that makes the broken parts even more visually sophisticated. No two works done with such mastery will look the same or break in the same way. Oh, I'm taking a pause here because it is such an aha. (laughs) Let me read it again. Kintsugi does not just fix or repair a broken vessel. Rather, the technique makes the broken pottery even more beautiful than the original, as the Kintsugi master will take the broken work and create a restored piece that makes the broken parts even more visually sophisticated. No two works, my dear, dear friend, my dear heart-lifting journey friends, done with such mastery 
will look the same or break in the same way. That's why traditional methods of therapy or counseling or even biblical truths when just given off the cuff or given in cliche, you know, just pray about it. God makes all things new. None of us break in the same way. None of us break (laughs) the same way. So I do consider, and I'm saying this with all humility, because I, my friend, have been broken in deep ways. So with all humility and all empathy towards you, I do, when I, when I read these words, I thought, man, I think that I'm a Kintsugi heart master. I think that through all of my own journey and brokenness, that God has enabled and empowered me to now be your Kintsugi heart guide, your heart master, who takes those five pieces or 10 pieces and just enables enables me to apply the lacquer and the gold in such a way that I help you become even more valuable and more visually sophisticated than you were before. Okay, Mako continues. So too, the biblical passage of restoration. I stated earlier, he writes, seeing the redemptive act of God, the ultimate act of Christ's sacrifice on the cross of Calvary through the lens of creation and the Holy Spirit's work awakens in us the potential of the new creation. The example of Kintsugi captures and enlarges this promise. The Christian gospel of the good news begins with the awareness of our brokenness. The fall created a schism, and he's referring here to the fall of man, which is recorded in Genesis 2, and you can read through to Genesis 3, when Adam and Eve, God's first creatures, ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil when God had told them not to. And so their disobedience created what we now refer to in our Christian uh, language is the fall. So he writes, the fall created a schism between humanity and God caused by our desire to become like God's. And then Christ came not to fix us, not just to restore, but to actually make a new creation. Christ's sacrifice at Calvary when he died on the cross for our sins, for the sins of man to atone that fall that happened back in Genesis 2 and 3. When he did that, He died to take our place in receiving the death that we deserve. He took on the cross for our sakes and became a sacrificial lamb for us. Christ's substitutional atonement will restore creation and us into the right order of God. He continues, The biblical vision of the new world accompanies the reminders of the wounds of Christ. The resurrected Christ still bears the wounds of the crucifixion. Through these sacred wounds, a new world is born. Through the revealing of the wounds still embedded in the new body of Christ, our faith is given. 
Even fixing what is broken is an opportunity to transcend the use of the object. Kintsugi bowls are treasured as objects that surpass their original useful purpose and move into a realm of beauty brought on by the Kintsugi master. Thus, our brokenness, in light of the wounds of Christ still visible after the resurrection, can also mean that through making, by honoring the brokenness, the broken shapes can somehow be a necessary component of the new world to come. What is he saying here to us? What is Mako and his Kintsugi theology saying? Well, he is saying our broken parts, our broken hearts, our brokenness is where the light will enter. Now, when I begin my therapeutic sessions, my therapy sessions with my clients, or when I begin a beautiful time of meditation or prayer or mindfulness in my daily practice, my contemplative practice, I take that little cup that my older daughter sent me, that little kintsugi lamp. I put a little tea light in the middle and I'll put this up on our private Facebook page and on Instagram. So be sure to subscribe and follow JanelleReardon.com. Just go there and you'll see all the prompts to lead you so that you can see more and get the show notes and resources from today's podcast because I want you to have this beautiful vision of this kintsugi lamp. So I'll put a little tea light in it and I'll light it and I'll place it on a place in the middle of my room or on my desk or on the floor if I'm sitting and meditating or practicing yoga where the light inside shines through with this remarkable brilliance, this luminescence through the cracks. And I most love to light it either really early in the morning before sunset or after the sun has set and turn off all the lights so that you can see the beautiful radiance, the shimmer of the light coming through the cracks. It is our beauty, it is our brokenness where the light enters. That's the beauty. You know, some changes look negative on the outside, on the surface. But brokenness is making space as hard as it is. Hear me, I know there is someone out there that is so broken today. Either you feel broken in your marriage or a relationship with a child or a relationship, a friendship. You feel broken in your body, broken by disease, broken by pain, broken, broken. Well, that is space that's being created in your life for something new to emerge. I hope that softens the blow of the hammer a little bit and offers you hope. Ever since receiving my own Kintsugi lamp, as I just said, I make it a practice to set it in the center of the room or the space. And seeing that glow from every crack in in that bowl is a holy reminder to me that beauty does come from indeed the broken places. And that simple, seemingly ordinary act empowers me to hold space to hold space for myself, for my family members, for friends, for clients, and support them as they feel all their feelings 
and listen between the lines of their stories in order to hear the heartbeat of their struggle. (sighs) My friends, rewiring the pathways of our brain takes time. And I'm reading from page 24 of Stronger Every Day now. If you have the book, you can open to that page. What took years to nestle into the folds of my brain doesn't suddenly disappear overnight. Miracles happen. I'll never discount that sudden time, right? That suddenly time of God. But in my experience, change happens. One changed thought process, one prayer, one repentance, one sorrowful contrition after another. Very often, our skewed thought processes skew our perception of God even and of our faith. But once we heal our mind and our perceptions, that is our capacity for comprehension, they also heal and we can see more clearly. This doesn't come quickly, but it comes. I promise it comes. In other words, we can't put it on our to-do list one early morning and check it off later that night. Stop belittling myself. Check. Give up the grudge, girl. Check. Handle my anxiety better. Check. Let go of my deeply rooted anger. Check. Stop hating my coworker. She drives me crazy. Check. Make peace with my father. Check. Set mental and emotional boundaries. Check. Get over childhood trauma. Check. Oh, if it were only that easy. I wish it was that easy. But remember, slow and steady. Slow and then suddenly. And I promise, I do promise, as you read through Stronger Every Day, and as you pick up these tools and begin to possess them and begin to practice all of the nuts and bolts of what I've laid out in Stronger Every Day, you will move forward and you will eventually, eventually make sense of your history of hurts, make peace with your past. You will be able to check off of your emotional health and unhealth chart. You will be able to check consolidated, completed, and they will all go into your hippocampus and be put away in that beautiful filing cabinet called rest and peace. Transformation from the inside out invites us to participate. It asks us to take a risk, set aside valuable emotional energy, and find safe healing communities where we can unlearn the unhealthy behavior patterns and communication skills we've developed over the years. I want to read a beautiful quote now from Bessel van der Kolk, and it really gives us the footing on where to move forward as we move away from our introduction now where the light enters, having a fuller understanding of what it means to have a better repair method in our possession, what it means to now understand that we can take all of these broken pieces and utilize that better repair method and actually come out with something of high value and that we will actually be of more beauty and more use moving forward. Bessel van der Kolk writes, neuroscience research shows that the only way 
The only way we can change the way we feel is by becoming aware of our inner experience and learning to befriend what is going on inside ourselves. It is my greatest, deepest longing and prayer and desire and my highest aim that all of these nine tools in Stronger Every Day will empower and educate and enlighten you about becoming more aware of your inner experience. We might call this going deep inside of our soul, our interior landscape, our inner voice, really be able to take the journey from our head to our heart, which sometimes is the longest journey in any transformative pilgrimage. So we want to be able to befriend, befriend what is going on inside of us. It's not our enemy. It's not our foe. And even if it looks like it's all broken on the floor, that it's just like that beautiful, valuable piece of teaware that broke into five pieces, maybe that's your heart. That now today you will have some hope that you will know, oh, there is a better repair method. And now I am learning how to pick up all of those pieces and apply the beautiful gold and glue of God's beautiful words that he's given us to live our life by and all of the beautiful gold and glue of all of the wisdom teachers that we now have at our fingertips. So I would love to close out today with a quiet meditative Lexio Divina. It is from the Old Testament of the Bible, and it's Isaiah 61. It may or may not be a familiar passage to you. I consider it a prophetic footing, a strong foundation for repairing broken family systems. This is how I implement it in my practice. But today we're going to listen to it and however you see fit to apply this gold and this glue that I'm offering in Isaiah 61, that's your choice. Does it need to be applied to your own heart? Does it need to be applied to your broken marriage? Does it need to be applied to a broken relationship, a broken friendship? You choose. I just want you to get quiet. Let's take a big deep breath together. Isaiah 61, and I'm reading from The Voice. The Spirit of the Lord, the Eternal, is on me. The Lord has appointed me for a special purpose. He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to repair broken hearts and to declare to those who are held captive and bound in prison. Be free from your imprisonment. He has sent me to announce the year of Jubilee, the season of the Eternal's favor. 
For our enemies, it will be a day of God's wrath. For those who mourn, it will be a time of comfort. As for those who grieve over Zion, God has sent me to give them a beautiful crown in exchange for ashes, to anoint them with gladness instead of sorrow, to wrap them in victory, joy, and praise instead of depression and sadness, to wrap them in victory, joy, and praise instead of depression and sadness. People will call them magnificent, like great towering trees standing for what is right. They stand to the glory of the Eternal who planted them. And they will rebuild this place from its ancient ruins. They will restore the ages old, once splendid structures. They will renew Israel's ruined cities from the ashes and debris that laid untouched for many generations. They will renew the ruined cities. They will renew them from the ashes and debris that laid untouched for many generations. And people will come from all over to serve you. Outsiders will tend your flocks, plow your fields, and prune your vines. You will be known as the one specially chosen by the Eternal as priest. People will speak of you as ministers of our God, and the wealth of nations will come to you for your delight and enrichment. Many called you disgraced and defiled and said, that shame should be your share of things. Yet you suffered doubly and lived in disgrace, so double will be your share and double will be your joy. For I, the Eternal, love justice. I hate stealing and all manner of wrongdoing. In faithfulness to those who do justice, I promise, they will be rewarded for their work, and I will establish an everlasting covenant with them. Furthermore, I will promise them my support for their children so that all nations and everyone around will see that they are the children blessed. They are the children blessed by the eternal God. I am filled with joy and my soul vibrates with exuberant hope because of the eternal my God, for he has dressed me with the garment of salvation, wrapped me with the robe of righteousness. It's as though I'm dressed for my wedding day in the very best, a bridegroom's garland and a bride's jewels. The whole earth sprouts newness and life in the springtime, and green shoots break through the well-seeded garden soil. That's what it's like with the Eternal's victory. That's what it's like to live in the victory of God. The Lord will cause justice and praise to sprout up before all the nations for all peoples to see. That, my friend, is the Word of God. Thanks be to
Thanks for listening today. It was great having you here. For even more great content and resources, please join the Stronger Everyday online community at JanelleRairdon.com. Always remember, you, my friend, have value, worth, and dignity. Thank you.